Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. I am still coming to you from an undisclosed location over the Pacific. Hope to be returning soon, but it's good to see some familiar faces here, some familiar voices. This is part two in our two-part, maybe ongoing, series on fast food conspiracies. And we talked about some of these before, but in our first uh, first episode on this series, we needed to establish some things about the history of fast food. Uh, we needed to establish some things about the present of fast food. And it was pretty much all a here are the facts episode, but these facts uh, were crazy. So when we're we're going to give you a brief recap here, or give you some time to hear episode one. And there we go. Uh, so you're caught up through the magic of uh, through the magic of podcasting. This is one of those episodes that we talked about extensively off air. 
Uh, and, you know, hopefully you talked about it with your friends, uh, maybe with your pals on Here's Where It Gets Crazy extensively as well, uh, primarily because food is one of the basic needs of human beings, whether prince or pauper. And it's one of the great commonalities, therefore, that people discuss. And here are the facts. When we get to the world of standardization of food, the industrialization, the mass production of food, uh, we see things that have great potential for, for positive outcomes for human beings and then great potential for terrible, terrible things. Uh, guys, what were some of the things that really stuck with you from uh, part one of, of this series? For me, it's all about that supply chain and the effects that that ends up having on all kinds of things from how the chickens are actually produced to make their way to a KFC because the chicken that you sell at KFC has to be uniform. It's got to be the same chicken. You can't do that from a bunch of local farms. Uh, that kind of thing is really going to show up in this episode. It also makes me think of like there are exceptions to this, right? So you have like places like In-N-Out Burger, for example, that uh, really own and operate their supply chain. And it's very – they only will build restaurants within driving distance of their warehouses where they keep their meat because it's – and they insist that it's never frozen, um, which is, you know, a thing. And that's why like In-N-Out Burger has kind of also got this like exclusivity around it because you can't find one everywhere. There isn't one in every airport, uh, which I think is kind of an interesting juxtaposition with the, some of these much larger scaled kind of chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we also – we didn't talk about it too much, but we alluded to the outsize cultural influence uh, that these financial giants can have on people, whether or not you have ever set foot in, uh, you know, in, in a particular fast food chain, it can have an effect on you. Uh, McDonald's will be one of those that has an effect on your life in multiple countries, whether or not you've ever been to a McDonald's. And if you are, for instance, a um, person identifying as LGBTQ, then you will be affected by Chick-fil-A, whether or not you go there, whether or not you care, because they spend a, a great deal of money uh, lobbying to discriminate against people who identify in that way. This it, it, it's bigger than burgers. You know what I mean? It's 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 a supersized set of conspiracies. There we go. And when we look at the future of fast food, we see a lot of spin. We see a lot of controversy because at the same time, modern fast food grew into a national and then an international phenomenon. Concerns about this, the consequences of this system began to spread as well. You know, one thing we didn't do in episode one is we didn't talk about, um, we mentioned very briefly post-World War II economic boom, but we didn't mention how fast food came into play there. Uh, and just to sew that up pretty quickly, part of it is the emergence of going out to eat as a normal thing. People used to always eat at home. And uh, people do still frequently eat at home, as in like a big meal. You might go out and get a, a, a taco or some, you know, some street corn or roti or a, a snack of some sort in many parts of the world. But the idea of going out to a restaurant, spending money, you know, outside of a grocery store or a market stall for food was pretty extraordinary. 
to a lot of people, but in the post-World War II economic boom in the U.S., all of a sudden, you could afford a car, right? You could buy a house. You could also go out to eat, you know, once a month, which is pretty, you're, pretty yeah, extravagant. It, Agreed. Yeah. If you're if, one certain segment of the population. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's a good point. Yes. Uh, and we, we have to be careful not to airbrush that or look through rose colored glasses when talking about that time. So critics also in the fast food world would argue this is bad for local businesses. You know what I mean? Uh, this is taking money for its resource extraction. Right, it's taking money from a local community, which is going somewhere else. That's not always true necessarily in a franchise model, uh, which is a franchise model is where someone becomes an owner operator of just like, what's the name of a fast food place? It made up or real? I've got a made up one. If we want to use that. Is it Blubba Dubba? Yes, it's Blubba Dubba Burger. So, so, uh, so, Noel. Can I, can I get one blubba dubba double, please? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Noel Brown is a, in this scenario, he is an enterprising young man. Uh, he has saved up money. He's investing in a business. And he says, you know what did really well during the pandemic? Blubba dubba burgers. So, I am going to start my own blubba dubba franchise. And what he does is he pays the company you know, Yum Brands China Holdings or whatever that owns Blubba Dubba Burgers. Oh, sorry, Illumination Global Unlimited ultimately owns Blubba Dubba. And so he pays them uh, for the right to have a Blubba Dubba Burger bodega located in, in his place. And now he makes, he gives them a cut of the burger a piece of the burger uh, for every uh, dollar he makes, they get a specific amount and then he takes stuff home. But that also gives him the ability and gives the company the ability to say, Hey, we know that global illumination unlimited has been implicated in some other things, but blubba dubba burgers is not, they're just owned by them. And you know, guys, it's me. I'm, I'm Noel. I, I'm, a, I'm a small town guy just like you, you know? I go to the same car wash. I, <laughs> I go to the same cockfights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I put on my pants. Mm-hmm. You're like, Do they I have can, legs, you know? We're in the same ultimate Frisbee league. Yes. <laughs> so, which, so is, which is just a metaphor for being part of the human race, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Everything at some point becomes a metaphor. Uh, and this, this is interesting now because we see that happening with franchisees in, um, in controversial things. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, Chick-fil-A has their, like they invest in, um, in pushing for legislation that discriminates against a certain portion of the U.S. population. But then if you're a franchise owner in, say, a place like Decatur, just outside of Atlanta, then you'll you'll say, look, I'm not part of this. We're actually all about investing in our local community here. We're your Chick-fil-A, <laughs> despite the fact that we are Chick-fil-A. And this is crazy. It's It's an example of how critics will say these things have too much power. They'll also say that these companies, these fast food companies, target the poor on multiple levels. 
as consumers, as employees, as suppliers of produce uh, or livestock. And they'll say they also pose serious health risks to consumers. But it goes deeper than that. And that's what we're talking about in part two. I mean, Matt, you've been, I, I've been studying your, your facial expressions as, as we're talking through this, or as I'm kind of like monologuing using, using Noel as an example. Uh, and Noel, I think you would be an awesome franchise owner of Blah oh, Thank Dumbo you, Burgers. Ben. I, I try to be really personable. I try to really be out there amongst the people, you know, not letting this whole like uh, fast food impresario deal go to my head. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I appreciate the study, but really what I was thinking about the whole time was blubbecue sauce. And I really just thought like there's a way to work that in. And I was trying to find a place to work it in. But then I was like, you know what? I'll let it be. <laughs> No, we need it. Blubbecue sauce, uh, right? Because what was that? Mushu sauce did a lot for Rick and Morty and uh, for I believe McDonald's. that was, uh, wasn't Mushu. It was, Sichuan? No. Szechuan. Yes, Szechuan. It was. That's Szechuan. it. Mm-hmm. That's it. So we need we need blubbecue sauce. We need blubbecue up at burgers. We need to fill this entire episode with uh, with references to. We're going to talk about some very disturbing things today, folks, uh, and. Equally disturbing, perhaps, will be the Blubba Dubba menu that we're building out here. Uh, Blubba Dubba combos. Anyway, this what we're saying is it goes much deeper than the surface concerns. Today, we're asking, what's the dark side of fast food? Here's where it gets crazy. Very quickly, 12 minutes in. 12 minutes in and we're crazy. Uh well, we held off the whole first episode without getting... <laughs> I mean, I think the whole episode was crazy, but we didn't have that turn of the screw, so we saved that for for right now. Yeah, well, and that that turn really is how much is a fast food chain bringing to your local community in the form of jobs, in the form you know of tax dollars paid to your local community, and how much is it taking away? It's what we've been talking about this kind of this whole conversation at the top here, but really how much is it taking, you know, taking away from your local economy and where does it go? And that's really one of the major issues with a large national or international fast food chain. Yeah, let's start there. Let's start with the true stuff. We'll do the true stuff. We'll do the fun stuff. We'll do the shit that you should be scared of. Uh, and we'll, we'll do them in that order. So the, the true stuff, exactly to your point, Matt, spoiler alert, fellow conspiracy realists, it is everything we just mentioned. Uh, fast food, like uh, any other big supply chain giant, like a Walmart, can have a damaging effect on local businesses. And this did accelerate during the pandemic, the way we mentioned uh, during part one of this series. Numerous restaurants, numerous local restaurants didn't have those corporate level deep pockets. They weren't able to weather this economic plague. And that made your Taco Bells, your Subways and so on, the only game in the block on the block. That doesn't make them insidious. You know, and this really isn't this really isn't necessarily a dig at fast food. This is an examination of uh, things that certain people would rather you not know about, whether they're at Blubba Dubba or uh, they're at a, a boardroom somewhere. Yeah, and I agree. And I think one of the main reasons why these larger chains with these deep pockets made it through is because they aren't relying specifically on the sales of burgers and chicken and fries and drinks 
right? You could argue that's secondary to their to their actual business model, which is sort of like uh, almost hidden. It is. It's very much hidden from the consumer level. But if you know you're trading in McDonald's stock or some other large fast food chain stock, you know exactly what's going on because when revenue reports come out, it's all about the buildings that they own, the land that they own, yeah, and making money as a giant corporation that way. So if a an economic downturn occurs, they're not going to have to, you know, sell a bunch of locations because that's where their money is. Their money is in the location. But for a mom and pop store, they've got that one brick and mortar, right? And if you're not making enough money from the product, the hamburgers out of your small fast food chain, even if it's fast food, or a diner or something, if you're not making enough money week to week, month over month, then you're not going to be able to support your business and simply pay rent. Yeah, let's jump straight to that. So you're McDonald's. You're the big clown or uh, the golden arches. I guess big clown is not what you would refer to yourself as, would you? It would be like, move, move aside. Burger King, the big clown's coming. Well, we call Disney the mouse. I think we could call McDonald's the clown. Just the clown. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And Although, you notice they've moved away from him a little bit. I have, yeah. That's just what I was going to say. They've moved away from the whole pantheon of characters. Uh, But one thing that people should know about McDonald's is that, just like Matt's example, they have real estate assets. It's a huge part of the business. Right now, McDonald's has more than 30 billion dollars in real estate assets and this like if you look at 2015 numbers business week did something really interesting they looked at sales per location of a mcdonald's and they said all right that's 2.7 million dollars per store per year 1.7 million in gross profits so that's where you take out food paper costs but then you add other expenses, rent, payroll, advertising, et cetera, et cetera. And so the take home for like the take home amount of money for a single franchisee was around 154000 a year. But that's wrapped up in these real estate deals. It's sort of like how a lot of people don't know that Target made a ton of money back in the day selling their security systems to other businesses. I don't know if you've ever looked at the ceiling of a target if you're in there, but there are cameras everywhere. They're not, they're not playing. They really, yeah, they really want to keep those. I don't know when they sell at targets. Widgets. Widgets and targets. They only, Uh they used to, yeah, they Mm -hmm. used to only sell targets. A lot of Legos in there. There are a lot of Legos. They're very expensive Legos, man. Yeah, I'm always faking like I think you mentioned this on the show recently. I'm always faking like I'm, quote unquote, on the phone asking about what I should get some hypothetical kid that doesn't exist. I always make up a name that I think is interesting, too. You know, I'm always like, what does Jeremiah want? Like, does Archer like Star Wars Lego? Sometimes I want to turn to the other adult in the aisle and be like, we both know I'm Archer. You know, we both know I'm the Jeremiah here. Anyway, so what what we're saying is that a lot of these companies are making money in ways that they do not necessarily, they don't necessarily want to be publicized to the average person. You know what I mean? They don't want you, you they don't want you to drive by the billboard and instead of seeing a sign for you know the newest combo or the McRib is back or something like that they don't want you to see a sign that says 
We make billions off real estate. Also, we serve fries. So (laughs) I propose we pause for a word from our sponsor, and then we return to look at some more of these true and distressing things, and maybe even talk about the real estate a little bit more. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And we're back. Let's yeah, let's stay on real estate for just a moment here. I think it's just something that I never understood. A lot of people didn't understand until it was for me I was made aware of it when I watched that uh, documentary about Ray Kroc. I think it's called The Founder. That's right. Um and we've mentioned it before on the show, but just as a way of illustrating that 
when you've got that large umbrella corporation and you've got all these franchisees that want to make some money and you can become like Ben said, I think it was 150,000 roughly yearly or something like that that you'd expect to make as a franchisee um, take home. But, you know, people want to have access to that. That's a great way to, you know, it's a lot of money in a way to build something for your family, for yourself, whoever you're, you're fighting for there. But when you imagine that that big umbrella corporation is has a tendril of rent attached to each one of these franchisees that they're building out, and then you realize that McDonald's corporation is actually deciding what land is going to be purchased using their algorithms to figure out the distance between the closest McDonald's, and then you realize that they're the ones that actually buy that land and control it, you're just running shop there and selling some burgers and making some money, and they still get a nice vig on top of whatever you make on your burgers. Um, the the situation for the person that actually runs, they, they say owns and operates a McDonald's. I was about to say, total misnomer, right? But like, they own the concept of McDonald's in that space. But They don't own it, they're leasing it. I know, but it's like, it's just, it's very strange to think uh, about. I've got a great quote for you guys. Okay. So uh, this is from former McDonald's CFO, Chief Financial Officer, Harry J. Sonburn. Uh, he told investors this, quote, we are not basically in the food business. We're in the real estate business. The only reason we sell 15 cent hamburgers is because they are the greatest producer of revenue from which our tenants can pay us rent. That is the CFO saying it's also, also full disclosure, We've done McDonald's ads. Personally, I think it's important to point that out. Also, I think it's important to note that it is not illegal for a fast food company to also be a real estate company. They're not no, breaking right. the law. They're just they're it's not something you're gonna learn at the counter of that establishment. Well, and it's also a corporation that isn't just throwing, you know, all of those profits away. They're doing some pretty great stuff with it in the form of charities. So it's like every Every fast food chain, every big company like that has a lot of aspects to it. Doesn't mean we always agree with everything they do. Doesn't mean we're against everything they do, right? I thought you said aspects, like the the jelly stuff that used to be really meat, popular. Meat jelly? 50s. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's something like, <laughs> maybe that's something for our company, Blubba Dubba Burger. Aspect. Oh God, who would order that? Did Sorry. I say aspects? Sorry, no, I meant you to say said, aspects. You, you clearly said aspects. It's just okay. like very early in the morning where I am. So, <laughs> Matt, I'm sorry. I think I, I derailed the point you were making there. I'm sorry. No, I, I just can't get those jellies out of my head. I know we those talked about when we met, you and I talked about eels not long ago for a I don't thing. Think, and that's, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Matt. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know if we want to be ready for that jelly. You know what I mean? This is uh, pretty, pretty heavy, weird stuff. Uh, but what we're what we're saying is that you might be surprised by how many of these establishments that you think simply, you know, simply sell an affordable meal. Uh, you might be surprised by where their fingers are. In different yeah. in different corporate interest, and and you know it's not because the, the whole reason we're talking about this was with regards to the pandemic, right? And how all these local businesses just failed, just so many dropped like flies because they couldn't they couldn't survive uh, to make enough money to continue paying rent. And 
like how else does that affect a community when it's a big na- multinational corporation inside your your town and all of your local businesses are gone? What does that do? I don't know. I, I think there's something there's something on a level, an operating level above just economics that that does to people. When you look around and there's nothing but all of these logos for chains and stuff and there's no like, I don't know, individual character. Right. Right. Because we, we had the whole conversation last episode about when you go into a diner, there's Oliver and Oliver knows exactly what you want to order every time you walk into that diner. It's an individual experience. Um, now it's, it is as individual, even though it's an individual human being with a life and a story at that counter at the Wendy's, that person is a Wendy's employee, right? And that, that is, you are getting the Wendy's menu, the Wendy's employee, the Wendy's experience. Well, there's a, a, I think also there's a larger issue of homogeneity at play. You can go to various towns from one interstate exit, one state to the next, see much the same thing, right? And uh, as those propagate, uh, you could argue that the towns themselves or the communities lose some of what makes them unique. It's a little bit of a philosophical rather than a uh, quantitative point, but I don't think that makes it any less valid. Let's also not forget, to, to your point, Matt, about the experience, or like you're, you're buying the experience of the commonality of all of these different franchises uh, rather than individual personalities. Uh, uh, there is a stat um, that uh, oftentimes fast food restaurants uh, lose about 100% of their workers from year to year. So the turnover is so enormous, largely because they're considered kind of stopgap jobs for a lot of people, uh, whether younger people just getting out of high school or, you know, people that are like in kind of a transitional period, certainly not something that you would consider a career. But then, of course, there are folks that are less fortunate that do rely on those jobs. Um, but even then, anything that came along would probably be uh, preferable to that. So you are not going to go in there expecting to see anybody because from, you know, week to week that those faces could change. And that's in the U.S., right? Correct. Where labor laws are different, so there may be uh, there may be less of a um, brutal rate of turnover in places uh, with or in countries with different labor laws uh, that make it more of a long term sustainable position. That's true. And not to mention that in the U.S., McDonald's is spending nearly a billion dollars a year. They did in 2019 to order automated kiosks like you see at grocery stores. So they're trying to do the best they can to take the human element out of there as much as possible. Now that we're in 2021, though, and we're obviously in a, uh, a bit of a jobs crisis, they've sort of pivoted away from that because it wasn't a really good PR look. So now a lot of the branding and the signage you see for McDonald's is about how they have uh, jobs up to $10 an hour, you know, which is not a whole hell of a lot. And that's probably more for like manager positions or $15 an hour. Yeah. It turned out that, uh, it's, it's not that people don't want to work. It's that they want to work for something that is worthwhile in terms of what they see as comp as compensation. There's a whole other episode we could do about, market influences and propaganda and so on, um, which is a pretty controversial hot topic even today. But let's get back to the true things, the true crazy things here. So yes, 
sources of revenue are being kind of occluded. You know, Jedi, hand wave, uh, these are not the profits you're looking for kind of stuff. But fast food restaurants can also pose health risk. We discussed something like this earlier in the case of plastics and recycling which is when the um, fossil fuel plastic manufacturers did something very, very clever. And they put the blame for plastic pollution on the consumer uh, and said, genius. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the nine. It's not that 90% of the, I use this statistic all the time, but it's not that 90% of the plastic uh, floating around the ocean comes from commercial fisheries, it's that you didn't put the straw in the right bin, you monster, right? Uh, and, and of course, that's not saying, like, re- recycle on a personal level. Yes, fine. But, um, but there, was a, there was definitely a shell game there. There was a bait and switch. To be fair, this example is a little different because if you are a person in charge of yourself or you're a person in charge of another person, like a kid or an elderly person that you're taking care of, then you should be able to make responsible choices about what you or your loved ones or the people in your care at least consume. Uh, But the problem there is that fast food outlets, especially in the U.S., can sometimes be the only accessible source of sustenance in impoverished food deserts, meaning people don't have access to a ton of healthy options. Not everybody lives uh, near a grocery store that has a decent produce section, right? Uh, some people, you know, you have to, you may have like a, uh, you may have a gas station that that sometimes sells some healthy stuff. Uh, this leads to the idea, I would say these are interrelated, the health risk. Uh, and the exploitation of the poor, which is our explanation for uh, some of that lack of um, lack of accessibility, right? Like, why why do some parts of the U.S. only have gas stations and fast food spots? Why? There's there's a pretty disturbing partial answer uh, that I found coming from the New Republic and a book called Supersizing Urban America. There's a guy writing for New Republic called Max Holleran, who makes a solid case that there is a, not necessarily insidious conspiracy, but there is sort of a, a hidden hand that played a role in food deserts. He says that fast food did not just find its way to low-income neighborhoods, but was brought there by, wait for it, the federal government on purpose. Maybe with good intentions. Well, yeah. Um, he points out that obesity seems to be, and I think this is pretty clear uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, a partially class-based issue. Um, he notes in his piece, uh, quote, the rise in obesity in the U.S. is an epidemic and much of the root causes lie in poverty. Um, and he ties the problem uh, of living in disadvantaged neighborhoods to race as well. The article also gives a shout out to Supersizing Urban America, which is a book that was published by a health historian named Chin Ju, which uh, points out that the problem actually goes all the way back to the 60s. Uh, and then after uh, riots in 1968 in the wake of the Martin Luther King Jr assassination, President Nixon began programs that gave subsidies, um, federal funds to fast food franchises. 
Yeah, and here's another quote from that book just mentioned. The administration asserted that black-owned businesses serving fast food would help to cure urban unrest by promoting an entrepreneurial spirit in poor communities. Uh, Let's just keep going with quotes from that book. It did make a select group of black entrepreneurs wealthy, but it was mostly a boon to fast food giants searching for new market demographics. Ah. Right, because there's nothing that differentiates the mom and pops from the big boys in terms of who gets the money, right? Well, their ability to lobby Congress, I think, would be yeah. one of the big differentiations. So so think about the, the multiple, multiple birds, single stone of funding that you're able to pull off there if you're the president or if you're the people who are, you know, the president's handlers and masters at this point. Sure. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is just optically, this was designed to be like, oh, this is a boon for small black-owned businesses, but it's the big guys that can really swoop in and absolutely exploit that, almost in loophole fashion. All the real estate, like all the uh, uh, grabbing, grabbing power, right? Grabbing lasting, multi-generational power, and then, yes, enriching the financial lives of some people, but not... All people, why didn't that money go to support the businesses that may have already existed and help and help those businesses grow? Why did these large corporations need to be attached to the deal? It's an interesting question. Um, and there's, you know, I, I think the more cynical amongst us would say that it goes down to lobbying and backdoor politics. But I don't know. What do you think? What do you guys think? Well, 100 percent. I mean, we, we discussed all of this in our lobbying episode um, that you can listen to as well. That I think is a really good primer for these kinds of conversations where, you know, I mean, the mom and pops don't have access to that kind of power to petition lawmakers directly in that way. Uh, and while they certainly may again, back to like just my neighborhood where I live, there is is maybe there's one or two um, black owned businesses around here that are that are wonderful and that are really good and they do have lots of options and serve healthier food but it's absolutely dwarfed by the number of fast food chain restaurants that you see it's true same here I, well in these well, parts Bu- you're, it's you're a, a Buford highway though you got a yeah. lot of yeah in these parts it's about 50 50 though seriously it's about 50 50 where it's either a big chain or you know a uh, a family-owned or a smaller chain, and that's that's pretty awesome to have. Like um, the 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 family-owned restaurants are where I trend toward it. But we also have to remember that it's it, it, the ability to choose what you would like to eat on a given day is a tremendous privilege, and it's one that many people do not possess. But that's that's another thing that doesn't get mentioned too often. You can clearly trace back how some of these food deserts began and it be, and it becomes a matter of that public policy so the next time uh, you hear or see somebody cracking on someone for obesity or their diet you have to ask how much of that is like sure partially there's personal responsibility but there's so many factors involved in that metabolism and so on you have to acknowledge that part of that is due to public policy that dates back decades and decades and decades. Did people know the long-term consequences of this? Maybe, probably not. They probably didn't really think about it, to be honest with you. They probably thought, hey, we're helping people, we're looking good, and we're helping ourselves. Three great things that taste great together. 
we're going to pause for a word from our sponsor uh, and take a break uh, to dive into some, some of the fun stuff, some of the urban legends. Start your campfire. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back. That was some heavy. Shit. Thanks, Nixon. Uh, let's let's take a second to unwind. We got some of our favorite fast food urban legends. Uh, most of these can be conclusively disproven. And full disclosure, some of these are like greatest hits for us because we've mentioned them in past episodes, uh, and we've talked. We talk about them when we hang out. Um, mutant chickens. Chickens with more more legs than normal. This is untrue. Uh, only bringing this one up, you guys, because the poultry industry is massively messed up. 
and it is as full of genuine conspiracies as those poor chickens are full of antibiotics. Ooh, sick burn, dude. Uh, that's very kind of you. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a rotisserie, bit of a roast. And it is also as full. Uh, never mind, I can't do that. I was going to do the striations in the yeah. muscles because of that nasty disease yeah, yeah. that all the chickens have. 50%, excuse me. Real thing. It's a real thing. And there are all these there are all these urban legends about fast food because it is modern fast food is such a strange phenomena, right? Like I think we talked in the past about uh, our lovely neighbors to the north saying, hey, Tim Hortons, that coffee is laced with nicotine. We thought this was a fun story because no one believed it. And then I don't know if you guys remember on our Facebook page, here's where it gets crazy and a couple of emails and so on. We got people telling us that Tim Hortons turned into trash. They were, they were like, Tim mm. Hortons used to be good, but now it's just, yeah. But I literally can't say anything about it because I've never been to a Tim Hortons, but one I day. Uh, well, they're in like uh, the Northeast kind of, right? They're in Canada. Only in Canada? There's there's none like up in Pennsylvania area? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, for some reason, question. I think there are. But definitely, um, that's pretty easily disprovable. Um the, you know, then we, we've talked a lot about uh, this in the past as well. I think we did a whole episode that contained a good bit about sugar, uh, refined sugar as we know it today. That was uh, and true. A lot, it's true. It's, it's conclusively true. But I don't think a lot of people realize how much sugar goes into fast food, like into the buns, you know, for example, or into even like, I don't know exactly if this is if this is the case, but, you know, certain things that you would not typically think sugar goes into. And the fact that this refined sugar is largely the bigger culprit in the obesity epidemic than even high fat content in foods. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say that's an urban legend. That's just messed up and true. You know, that's not near as fun as uh, it's not near as fun as saying, like, uh, you know, there are really eyeballs in the burgers. That is also not true. Um, hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. But a one hamburger patty, single hamburger patty contains five grams of sugar. No. Yeah. The hamburger patty? Single yeah. patty. Yeah. What? Also, mm -hmm. I mean, the fries contain a ton of sugar, too. That's why people like it. It's, it's got, but I, they're, dude. they're feeding the primal urge. You want sugar, fat, and salt. I Man, I really thought, honestly, I'm out of the loop here. I thought it was mostly the sauce, the sauces that had the sugar content. You mm -hmm, know? Like, no. I thought we were talking drinks, sauces, buns, like anything with bread. Salads are heavy on it, too. Salad dressing. Uh, that's why... Uh, folks, fellow conspiracy realists, that's why Blubba Dubba Burger is the fast food uh, is the fast food location for you. Uh, we're known for our famous Blubba Dubba Sugar Burgers. Uh, you can get them with extra extra MSG sugar. That's our that's our special blend. And we we take really great care. Uh, we don't know if you've ever enjoyed a certain dessert. But with every Blubba Dubba Sugar Burger, we like to, right on the top, we just hit it with a little flame, a little torch action, and it just crisps up just nice. <laughs> yep, the Blubba Dubba Brulee. <laughs> that's, that's an off-menu item. <laughs> Blubba Dubba Double Bacon Brulee Burger. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and uh, for just an extra $3, we will take some of the sugar off. 
Did everybody, anybody else ever encounter this? I don't know if this ever happened to you guys. I went to years and years ago. Uh, I was at a Chick-fil-A when I was, I was much younger and I wanted to just order a chicken sandwich and fries and a drink. And the thing, the issue was that that was cheaper if you ordered it as a combo. And the only difference was, the only difference between what I wanted and a combo is the combo came with coleslaw. And I said, I'm not going to eat it. Just don't give me the coleslaw. And they said, well, you have to get the number one or number whatever, because if you order this stuff on its own, then it's more. And, I'm, and I said, so wait, so I'm paying extra to not have to deal with this coleslaw. And they're like, well, that's a weird way to put it. And I was like, that's not how to put it. That's what's happening at this, at this drive-through. And this gets us to like economy of scale. And that's how, uh, that's how uh, a lot of these like urban legends start. Another urban legend is the idea that the McRib is, uh, can't like literally cannot be on menus all the time. You guys ever heard that one? Yeah, I've heard that because of the, um, because the number of pigs, right? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know why, but I have heard that. Uh, the idea that I heard was that McDonald's is such a gigantic company that when the McRib comes out, it will affect pork prices. Whoa, is that true? That? Do we know? Uh, uh unlikely, it, right? It's not super likely. There are a lot of other things that would affect that. but uh, And we have to remember that uh, McDonald's exists in a lot of places where people generally do not consume pork. So, so like, the, I think probably what happens, or from what I understand, is that uh, McDonald's perhaps releases it when pork prices reach a bottom uh-huh. or they go low because it makes sense. But that doesn't mean there are a bunch of people in, I guess, big pork big pig or something who are like, Oh no, the McRibs back out, get ready. Um, <laughs> wouldn't it be more likely to be something like, um, manufactured scarcity? Ah, uh, right. Like, just any, yeah. Anything for a limited time, right? Yes. Yes. For a limited time. We should start adding that to stuff. Just when we, I don't know if I could pull it off in conversation. Could you guys pull it off? Yeah, I think we should start doing it with the titles of our episodes. Only available from 7.45 today until (laughs) (laughs) whatever. (laughs) I I was thinking of, you know, maybe when we're hanging out with with our friends and stuff of work uh, and someone's like, hey, man, you know, I'm going to go out and grab grab something to eat later. Uh, Where are you at? If you respond in the text with like... uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm at the local chicken wing spot for a limited time. <laughs> so act now. I think that could work. I think you could pull it off. You'd have to be smoother than me, but someone could. Ben, you're as smooth as liquefied chicken paste, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate the image. I hope everyone associates that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the, the visceral image. Uh, That's where the nugs come from. That's where the nugs truly come from, not mutant chickens with multiple body parts. Uh, It it is just like a puree, uh, a sort of, what do you call that, a slurry uh, of uh, chicken paste that is then molded into, I think there are like five or six different specific nug shapes at Mickey D's. 
Mm-hmm. And yet, sometimes there are anomalies. Like uh, not too long ago, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the online game Among Us. There was a chicken nugget that was shaped like one of the little robot guys in Among Us that sold for like fifty thousand dollars on eBay. A chicken nugget. Oh. Well, you know, uh, kudos to them. I, 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 I hope that everybody finds some kind of Wonka-esque golden ticket chicken nugget. And may, may your fortunes increase accordingly. So the last thing we mentioned is, uh, quite candidly, that should scare you. And one of the things that we believe should frighten you as you listen to this episode today, regardless of where you live or where you plan to live in the future, is that fast food is only one aspect of a massive ongoing trend toward the standardization of life as you know it. Fast food companies often seem to be competing brands, as we mentioned in part one, but they're often owned by the same big corporation at the top. It's that corporation, not not your friend's local blubba dubba burgers or whatever, that controls the supply chain, that squeezes farmers, that exploits often the poor, that puts a greasy thumb on the scale of a given market. But like that, that trend toward homogeneity and toward standardization uh, doesn't, doesn't seem set to slow down in, in many, many places, especially in the U.S. I mean, what do you think about that, guys? How close do you think we are to a future where you can just drive up 75 and see the same town hundreds of times. What do you think? Uh, we're there. You think we're already there? I, I, ju- I just did that. And yes, we're there. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, we're really, really close. We're really, really close. And it is every aspect of life. It'll be the bank. It'll be the fast food restaurant. It'll be the large store where you can get all the things you need. The grocery store. It'll be your house slash apartment. It, yeah. Oh, God. The singularity is here, everyone. We keep talking about episodes where the singularity grows closer and closer. I think you're, you're right, Ben. This is one tiny little step in this giant uh, sprint that we're currently in. And, you know, as Checker said, you got to eat. This is a this is this is a, a human nature thing. It's it's not going away. And the people who work in the fast food industry are people just like you probably are listening to this, unless you are a machine consciousness. Uh, they're the people who need a job, want a job, right? And the people going to fast food places, uh, they just want to eat and they want to do it, like we said in episode one, in a way that saves time. Right. And and full disclosure, the three of us eat at fast food places. Uh, we, we just know that there's there's a lot of stuff those companies would rather you not be aware of. My son wants us to go to McDonald's tonight for dinner, by the way. Uh, <clears throat> do they still do Happy Meals? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Are the toys and that's solid? The thing. Well, they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're trafficking in nostalgia, you know, for us as parents. Even when we were kids, it was already they had their hooks in that whole market. Uh, the playgrounds, you know, I mean, we don't even have to give everybody knows all this, but it's very interesting. I have very distinct memories of movies and the fast food toys that were associated with them. In my mind, like I remember Land Before Time, uh, rubber hand puppets that that I believe were McDonald's, 
and also like all the big Disney tie-ins they used to do, like the Little Mermaid. Like there was like a, what's the little flounder? He was a little squirty toy. I remember this stuff very distinctly. My favorites were the uh, were the Transformers that would be food items, but then yes. turn into robots. Yeah, exactly. Those were, the business. those were great. Very clever. Yeah. And so at this point. Uh, we want to hear from you. What's your take on fast food from, you know, however you encounter it as someone who works in the industry, as someone who uh, goes to fast food places, as someone who hates or loves them? Um, what are some of your favorite fast food urban legends? To what degree do you believe they are true or false? Uh, and what do you think the future of this uh, strange, massive industry is. We'd love to hear from you. We try to be easy to find online. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on YouTube under the handle Conspiracy Stuff. Uh, if you also are on the internet, do us a solid and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review so people like yourselves can discover the show. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram where we are at Conspiracy Stuff Show. Yes, and you can use your phone to use your voice to call us. Our number is one eight three three stdwytk You've got three minutes. Say anything you want to. A fake <laughs> Lubba Dubba commercial, maybe? Sure, yes, please. Any fake commercials accepted. Give yourself a cool nickname and anything you want to say directly to us or a super producer, please try and leave right at the end. Hey, if three minutes isn't enough to put your awesome idea into our brains, why not do it a different way? We've got a good old-fashioned email address. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? 
Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.